Hey, y'all. It's Danielle. And Tykeen and I are excited to welcome you to episode 16. So sorry that we haven't been around. Between our crazy schedules and our serious technological issues, recording has been near impossible. What's important, though, is that we're back with the New Year's resolution that we'll be more consistent with putting out our episodes. So this week, we talk about how amazing the 74th Golden Globes was, specifically relating to all of its black boy joy and black girl magic, Meryl Streep's jaw-dropping use of white privilege in a positive and powerful way, Kellyanne Conway's response to Meryl Streep's speech, as well as we uh, segueing into the Chicago kidnapping. We've got a lot of ground to make up, but we're up to the challenge. We hope you are too. All right, let's eat. So, uh, it's been a while. It's been a long while. I blame it on you. But, you know, the funny thing ready. is, the funny thing is, we've recorded multiple shows, but <laughs> we have. And honestly, I think the last show was my favorite show ever the one about fences. It was really good. And we went really into detail about this movie because I loved it. It was so good. And then <laughs> our recording equipment malfunctioned and only I was recorded. Like, Tygeen, you weren't recorded at all, right? Yeah, so the background is the pro. so the majority of the time we try to record in person, but with the holidays, travel, that wasn't an option. So the equipment that we usually use it's no longer functioning and it's taken us like a month to find something that was worth our time to you or worth your time because like we found some things which just sounded awful awful <laughs> like actually awful so yeah it sounded we should be back it, it sounded like now. it sounded like we were like 10 miles away from the from the microphone and it was distorted it was just trash yeah and we are at this point in our podcast life where non-quality podcasts just can't be put out. Facts. Before, you know, we were on a learning curve. Now we gotta we gotta stay current, gotta stay quality and continue on. But we're gonna be consistent in right it. we're gonna be consistent in twenty seventeen. That goals, resolutions, intentions. Intentions. Doing it for the culture. <laughs> Speaking of for the culture. Did you watch uh, the Golden Globes last night? I did not. Normally, I don't watch award shows. Like, it's just like something that I don't do. But last night, I needed my hair washed. And then. You got your um, hair did? Since I was at my, oh, no. My mom, I'm, I'm rocking straight backs right now. My mom, you know. She is. I wasn't oh. going to say anything about it, but yeah, she is. <laughs> I got the, the fresh straight backs right now. She has a Kawhi um, Leonard hairdo. Mom had to uh, had to grease the scalp, you know. You got to make sure you're you got to moisturize out here. Anyway, but my mom loves Mama Green. My mom loves award shows, so I got caught up with watching the Golden Globes because she loves to like look at the dresses and see who's there. Because I don't know, she's like really into that. But I am so happy that I watched the Golden Globes last night. It was just so much. It was so filled with like black girl magic and black boy joy and like all the hashtags i got all the warm and fuzzy feelings i was all about it oh all about oh, it speaking of so i know someone that hopped in danielle's dms and and she got so excited that she deleted her social media what oh my god <laughs> that is not what happened see what happened was social media Social media, oh my gosh. Okay, so my really good friends, like my some of my best friends, Amber and Talita. Hello, Amber. Hello, Talita. They'll hold me down. They definitely have the receipt. Okay. 
Felita Kate, she texted me this morning and was like, oh, social media, it's like such a time suck, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get rid of it. And I was like, okay, bet. And Amber was like, okay, we're all going to do it together. So we've had, like, Monica has my passwords, except for Twitter. I can't live without Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, all I did was look at Twitter while I watched the Golden Globes. Did you manage to, like, see anything about the Golden Globes? Yeah, I did. I saw Meryl Streep turn up. She totally did. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. That's my transition piece. Why are you going with Meryl Streep and that's supposed to be a transition? Can you? I saw Taraji. Can you pay attention? I saw Taraji turn into She's Cookie a- Lion. She, she really did. She was like, nah, y'all gonna wait. <laughs> they tried to rush her acceptance speech and she was like, no, sir. Absolutely not. I'm gonna say what I got to say. Yeah, but and it, I really appreciated that. President-elect Donald Trump was like the punching bag all night. As he should have been, but you know, continuing on. I feel like, I don't know, it was just filled with like so much blackness and it just made me so happy, you know, like Quest Love was the DJ. They were listening to Black Beatles at the Golden Globes. That's magical. Atlanta got all the love, which have you started watching Atlanta yet? I've been telling you to watch Atlanta. No. I don't have time for TV. If you guys are not watching Atlanta, because Tykeen can be over here and be fake all he wants to. If you're not watching it, if you're not supporting, please go do it. It's on FX. It is a quality, quality show. Oh, I've had so many conversations with so many different people about Atlanta. One of my favorite podcasts um, about race says this whole episode on the nuance that is Atlanta. I would love to do an episode on it ourselves. But Atlanta took home like two awards and Donald Glover did it completely for the culture. Not only did he thank all the black folks in Atlanta just for, you know, being alive. He also thanked Migos. (laughs) (laughs) the rap group for making bad and bougie. And he said, and I quote, like, that's the best song ever. And since he said that bad and bougie by Migos has gotten 10 million more views on YouTube in the past 12 hours, 10 million. That's crazy. And then you had Bay Tracy Ellis Ross. Did you see her? I love her. I follow her on all forms of social media. Yeah, I follow her on Instagram. I follow her on everything. And she just like shouted out like women of color and colorful people. And she was just talking about like our stories and who's worthy. I don't know. I just had like for real all the feels. But the one thing, two things, three things. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) some of the things that gave me like super feels was like watching Brian Tyree Henry and Keith Stanfield. There was like this moment and and the camera hit them for like a split second when Donald Glover was accepting his second award, I think for like best male actor in in a TV series. I can't remember the exact category, but they were like hugging. And it was just given the discussion that you guys didn't hear that Tykeen and I had about fences. It was just such an intimate, like an intimate moment of like love shared between two black men in such a public sphere. And it just, it just made me so happy. Yeah. So in essence, the conversation around fences was that men are conditioned not to um, convey emotions. And Especially so, black men. And so we talked about a piece that Brandon Marshall, who's an NFL wide receiver, wrote a few years ago as he kind of unveiled his battle with behavioral health diagnosis. Uh, with a behavioral health diagnosis. But he talked about, you know, when the when the little girl falls off the bicycle, we say, oh, come here, you know, let me kiss your boo-boo. It's okay. Um, if, if it's a little boy, say, big boys, don't cry, get back on your bike. And so how over time, uh, men, you know, we don't, we haven't really learned how to be open with our emotions. And, and funny, Danielle, I was in the barbershop, you know, one of my favorite uh, classrooms, on Friday. He loves to go to the barbershop for hours. <laughs> hours. So sometimes I go in the barbershop to troll. Sometimes we have great conversations. So I was in there on Friday morning, and that's what we were talking about because a couple of guys were like, so the the question I asked was, when was the last time you cried? And uh, one man said he hadn't cried in 20 years since the first time he what? went to prison. Yeah. What? 
Yeah. So, you know, and then we kind of like the barbershop went from like this place where, so most of the time the barbershops I go to, it's not a safe space, but on Friday morning, you know, we were preparing for snow, but it became a safe space for like 15 minutes where men could really talk about their feelings. And it was, it was, it was weird, but it was magical at the same time. It was like, man, I haven't cried in, you know, 20 years. And so then just for a split second, just kind of, kind of pulled down the mask and we were just real people. And, uh, you know, it was magical, even if it was just a short amount of time. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really glad that it happens. Like one of the books that I'm reading with my kids is Bud Not Buddy and, there's a really particular thing where Bud always says, like, my eyes don't cry no more. And then later he cries. And so, like, my students and I, we had a discussion about, like, what it means to, like, cry and show emotion. So I think that, like, that's amazing. Segwaying off of that, like, at the Golden Globes, Moonlight won the best drama of the night, which magical, magical film. If you guys have not seen it, it is such a beautiful narrative. And I think that, like, the director... Uh, last when he he accepted it and he was talking about like this is not something that's supposed to be relatable it's supposed to be something that's some one particular story I just felt like that was I don't know it was magical and it showed and that's a movie that shows like black male vulnerability and it was great I was I was so in love with the Golden Globes I just had an idea what if we record there ain't no free lunch from like a barbershop one day I, I I think we could try. You want to try? I mean, I think it'd be dope. I'd have to go there first and like meet people, because then you know that's that won't be that won't be a space that would necessarily always be on my side. Well, now I'm strong-willed. I mean, it's but... it's a beauty salon in there as well, so like you'll have oh, okay. some. Yeah, you'll well, have some we assistance. We could try it out. Yeah, I'm just saying, I I will clap back and clap back hard. Do, do they listen to our podcast? Yeah, some of them do. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. wonderful. Yeah. But back to Meryl Streep. Oh, Did you yeah. you want to talk about uh, her a little bit? Not surprisingly, Donald Trump has already responded via Twitter. Already? <laughs> yeah. Like, bro, don't you have a country to run? Don't you have things to yeah. do? Yeah, it, it's like, it's so funny. He doesn't want intelligence briefings, but... <laughs> But he has time to, like, watch the Golden Globes and, and, and tweet about it. Or even if he didn't watch the Golden Globes, you have time. Like, don't you need to be worried about, like, Russia? Don't you need to be worried about, like, other things, getting your, your nominees confer- like confirmed? You're sitting here talking about Meryl Streep, who, like, won a Lifetime Achievement Award, and the respect that people had for her in that room? Bananas. That was, I don't know, it was impressive, like. People were looking at her. Yeah, yeah like so she for, was the second yes, coming of Jesus. Yeah, well, tell those of us that didn't watch the Golden Globes. Tell us about what she said. Okay, so they had this like really okay. So first, Viola Davis. She introduced her, which was beautiful. It was like she, I don't know, Viola Davis. Like I want her to like eulogize my funeral because <laughs> oh, yeah, she so, made so, her sound yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, I told Danielle last week. Viola Davis is the best crier in the history of television. Oh, she totally is. Go watch Fences if just to see her cry. Like, yeah. it's such a powerful scene. But she she kind of talks about Meryl Streep and, like, how she really, really admires her. I don't know. It was just very beautiful. And then they had this montage, you know, like, of all of her films, which I thought was great. My favorite Meryl Streep is going to sound, like, really basic. My favorite character of her is just Devil Wears Prada. She played that character. I don't know. My mom and I have really bonded over that. But anyway... So Meryl Streep basically gets up and now she never calls Donald Trump by his name. Never mentions his name. That's president-elect Donald Trump to you. Anyway, uh, she never uh, she never calls him by name, but she kind of alludes to him. She kind of talks about like the foreign uh, the foreign press, the Hollywood foreign press and how there are, you know, without immigrants and without the press without you know hollywood then she says this quote where she's like you know all that america would be left with is mma and football which a lot of mma and football fans were very upset about (laughs) saying that they are the arts but anyway she basically actually i'm gonna let you listen to what she had to say right here it's intended audience laugh and show their teeth 
It was that moment when the person asking to sit in the most respected seat in our country imitated a disabled reporter, someone he outranked in privilege, power, and the capacity to fight back. It, it kind of broke my heart when I saw it, and I still can't get it out of my head because it wasn't in a movie. It was real life. And this instinct to humiliate when it's modeled by someone in the public platform, by someone powerful, it filters down into everybody's life because it kind of gives permission for other people to do the same thing. Disrespect invites disrespect. Violence incites violence. When the powerful use their position to bully others, we all lose. Okay, go up with that thing. Okay, this brings me to the press. We need the principled press to hold power to account, to, to call them on the carpet for every hour. She's able to talk about Donald Trump in such a powerful way without ever saying his name. She says, you know, it was the moment when the person asking to sit in the most respected seat in our country imitated a disabled reporter, someone he outranked in privilege and power and the capacity to fight back. Like, she just talks about, I don't know, just listening to it gives you chills because she talks about how it wasn't, it was real life. It wasn't an actor. And then, you know, disrespect invites disrespect and violence incites violence and using positions of power. I don't know, like watching it. One, I love her as an actress, but two, just watching her. I was like, I really hope that people who are watching this, particularly white people, understand that this is what being an ally means. Taking the taking your privilege wherever you have it and making people uncomfortable and like advocating for people who are either tired of advocating for themselves or can't advocate for themselves. It was just such a beautiful moment. Like Carrie Washington had tears in her eyes. I had tears in my yep. eyes. Bay comes back this week. Scandal, Olivia. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> we won't talk about that. You know, I'm not a scan uh, an Olivia fan, Olivia Pope fan. I do like Scandal. But, oh, wait, I thought you didn't have time to watch television. That's, oh. That's, oh, okay. I was wondering. That's babe. I was wondering. Carry like, on. Like I said. Carry on. Like I said. But, I don't know, it was just like a, it was a beautiful moment of watching someone use their power and their privilege in such a positive way. And she, I mean, at the end of the day, like, they didn't turn the music on on her. They were not going to rush Meryl Streep. And she used it, and I felt like it was an appropriately political thing to say. Like, she didn't shame people who voted for him. She didn't, you know what I'm saying? She she just said, like, yeah. hey, yeah. let's be better people. Yeah, she used her platform to shine a light on something that, on something that she feels passionate about. And, you know, in essence, it took me back to this past summer when Jesse Williams did the same thing at the BET right. Awards. And so, of course, his wasn't explicitly about, well, it wasn't about Donald Trump at all. His was more so about the system. But it seems like more and more people are beginning to use their uh, their respective platforms to highlight issues and problems in our America, which... I think it, that's beautiful. It is. And, you know, that's something I've been asking professional athletes to do for many, many years. And, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Lakers fan. I've not ever been a fan. Like, I respect LeBron James. I've never been, like, a fan of LeBron James. But he's – I think LeBron and his presence alone is, like, forcing other professional athletes to follow suit. And in return, people like Michael Jordan, who have always been silent, now they're beginning to like speak out as well. So it's like a domino effect. But speaking of Mel Street, um, Kellyanne Conway. Ugh, she frustrates me. Yeah. You know how I feel. And, and, and so I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think 
Kellyanne Conway frustrates you because like she's so good at what she does, even if you don't agree with it. Yeah, I, I, th- I said that. Like, I think I said earlier, I was like, either Kellyanne Conway is like one of the dumbest people alive because she truly believes in what she says, or she's one of the smartest people alive. Like she, even I didn't say this in our, in our Donald Trump episode because I had just hadn't processed it yet, but I really feel like she was incredibly instrumental and in making his victory possible, especially amongst white women who could see someone who is, you know, a, a relatively attractive very well-educated, very well-put-together white woman who is explaining away everything that's wrong about Donald Trump and and, and making, I want to say making excuses or just... She always always has a justification, like... She made him acceptable. And if they see someone who is highly educated, you know, whether attractiveness does play into it. Um, someone who has worked in this field for a very long time, making uh, agreeing with him and making these claims and saying, you know, this sexual assault thing's not uh, not that that was five years ago when he was a fully grown adult, you know, <laughs> and I think it she is what made him a lot more amenable, palatable, yeah, yeah or uh, amenable to a, a lot of white female voters or, or, to a, get, or, or to a lot of people in this country you know yeah, it's specifically I mean, I, I, in the rush bill yeah yeah i'm specifically speaking to white women because uh, they you know he won them by 53 percent, and i think that what i think she was very instrumental in doing that and so she she frustrates me because she is really good at what she does and we are on opposite sides of the spectrum yeah so Not- kellyanne conway is like the real life olivia pope for Republicans. But actually. Yeah. But actually. Yeah, because I mean, she's like the go-to person. She always like she's super crafty. She's quick she on her feet. She always has a response. And I I mean, like let's just listen to her response to Meryl Street for a second. It distresses me in the following way. I think if you have a platform, you want to be able to use it as you want, but if you really want to try to effectuate positive change and you want to talk about the disabled last night in your Meryl Street why not give some voice and some outrage to the fact that just last week in Chicago, a mentally disabled uh, young man was tortured for 30 minutes live on Facebook, Susan, by four um, African-American young adults who were yelling uh, racial and anti-Trump expletives, forced him to put his head in toilet water. If you want to have a platform and you want to protect, then why not, why not use something that's in the news right now, too? She was using that really to try to attack Donald Trump. Donald Trump fired back on Twitter today. And look, Meryl Streep and the room she was in represents a small slice of America. And it's a slice of America that has a great platform in Hollywood. I get it, and entertainment. But this was an anti-elite. This was a rejection of the elites, of people in the political media, Hollywood money access, frankly, that was out of touch with America. I mean, Donald Trump proved one thing mightily. He understood America. And he had the masterful way of communicating and connecting with them. If you look at some of the shows on TV now, you realize that there's some people out, some smart people out there who know how to, how to connect with America. I mean, this is the same people having storage wars and, you know, um, uh, Duck Dynasty, etc. They know what resonates with America, and yet it, when you have a Hollywood award show, it reverts back to, I think, of a, a single mind, a, a certain myopia when it comes to political discourse. Yeah, so... Yo, she makes me mad with that. Yeah, but but so I'm mad with that. But at the end of the day, she really isn't telling a lie. I mean, but the thing about it is, this is this is she. But she is though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, she, this is an anti-elite election. This is a rejection of the elites. Donald Trump is not a part of the who. Who told her that Donald Trump is not a part of the elites? He might be outside of the political yeah, like, he, realm. He's outside the political of the, yeah. elite, But she doesn't say political elite. She says elites. This man calls a million dollar loan a small loan. Yeah, but what? But Donald Trump, how did he win? You know, he won with demographics of people that were anti-establishment. Yeah, but it's not an anti that does not make it an anti-elite election but, if you are voting for someone who is but, elite. But but that's her truth. 
Like what? Yeah, it's her. But it's it's wrong. Like he this. I mean, she's right about saying that he had a masterful way of communicating and connecting with a certain type of America. You know, I, I chalk it up to a lot of isms that he spewed, but it's not a rejection of the elites like money access. Do, do you know the people who are in his cabinet, how much? bread they have alone individually on an individual basis and then you add them all together what what is she talking about <laughs> so what about what about her comment when she said i didn't hear meryl streep use her platform to give a shout out to the mentally challenged bull who was tortured live on facebook that um okay so i have to be I have to be fair on this one. I love Meryl Streep and I think she was completely 100% right in talking about Donald Trump because this she and she talked about it from a matter of privilege. She said, you know, this is something that she said she, I think she quoted like Tommy Lee Jones when she was talking about what a privilege it is to be an actor and how you should use your privilege for good and Donald Trump did not use his privilege in that way even though he says over and over again I think he tweeted that he wasn't mocking him for being disabled. He was mocking him for like retracting a story, whatever. Now, I think Kellyanne Conway has created a false analogy in this because what Meryl Streep was talking about was privileged used, um, used. And she has now made it about specifically making Meryl Streep a like a advocate for the disabled. Yeah, like yeah, like she wants to make him now, yeah, a spokesperson, yeah. Make her a sports, right, spokesperson. Right, right, right. Which yeah. that's 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 a false equivalency. And there, it's unfair. Which is a little bit frustrating because it's unfair because she was speaking about privilege and that was an instance where Donald Trump used his privilege in a wrong in 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 an inappropriate way. Now, I cannot like defend what happened with the the live on Facebook torturing of the the mentally challenged boy. Like that was horrible. I couldn't even bring myself to watch the video because yeah. I just read about it. You wa you watched it. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, let's uh I couldn't I couldn't even I couldn't believe it. And I and I learned about it by at the gym because one of the gyms that I go to, like all the televisions are on Fox News, and I had learned of it through Fox News, and they keep calling it this Black Lives Matter kidnapping, which is which is frustrating, frustrating itself. Yeah. Yeah. It had nothing to do with Black Lives Matter, right? And, but but this is so a, a couple things about this. Number one, it it's was it was vile and disgusting and despicable it was awful um like i can't and, and, there's and, nothing and, i can say to, to be, defend any of those people and to be honest with you the second video which isn't getting much traction i think may be worse than the first video um i, I won't i can't like it, i don't like that stuff and so, like, I was on Twitter and Black Lives Matter kidnapping was trending for two or three days, which, like, let's just be clear about something really quickly here. In essence, Black Lives Matter started because of incidents like this. In essence, they said that when black people commit a crime, they're arrested charged and convicted oh absolutely and with the whole all the, the books the books are thrown at them and, and at so this is something that we saw here none of these people had any affiliation with black lives matter from my understanding um none we, we don't know into a march made a sign that anything that had to do with black lives matter met anybody that has to do with black lives matter yeah so all. so while I'm not like I'm not a, a member or I'm not affiliated with Black Lives Matter. I think it's definitely unfair. To, I'm not either. 
I, I think it's definitely unfair to um try to make this kidnapping all about Black Lives Matter. Like there's nothing there at all. But that's what they want because everything that has to do with black people and if black people do anything negative mm. towards a white person from this point on, it's going to be the result of Black Lives Matter. There's and, nothing that yeah. we can say that's going to change that narrative that and, they're going to put out. There. And I think because I saw some people tweeting uh, the president elect last week as well, like encouraging him, like begging him to make Black Lives Matter a terrorist organization. And so which is. But but we know that this is something that is possible in a Trump oh, presidency, especially and, under Jeff Sessions. He yeah, gets, I think he he goes before the kit the committee tomorrow. Yeah. So but let's give a little background about what happened because I feel like we were about to like start talking about it, and people. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know about it, but maybe they don't know the details. So I think it occurred on December 31st, and it had to do with the young young man. I think he's 18 years old, the the white individual who it was, I think, is mentally or intellectually disabled. And I'm not sure. I don't think they've released his name. I don't know why they would release his name. So I don't really have a way to refer to him. I'll call him Alex from this point on. I don't know. Let's don't just know call why. him the victim. Let's just call him the victim. Let, okay, let's go with the victim. So the victim was supposed to meet with a friend that had, this is the story that's given. He was supposed to meet with a friend from high school. Something happened where they drove to the West end of Chicago and he ended up in the household of the people who would, uh, would, come to abuse and I guess violate. Yeah. So he had a personal relationship with one of the perpetrators. So the, there were four perpetrators, two males and two females. Uh, right. Three of them were three 18 of, and one of them is 24. 24. Yeah. Old as hell. Excuse me. Real old. Yeah. <laughs> like your age pushing 30. It, unacceptable. Like it's totally unacceptable. So apparently the victim reported to police because they found him wandering in Chicago, in, in Chicago, with the like, side of Chicago, with like shorts wandering. and a t-shirt right. on. Yeah. They, they saw him wandering because I guess he would manage to, to make it out, but there was a play fight that ensued. And then it just got, it turned extremely, extremely real where they were cutting him. They tied him up. I think they forced him to drink like, from the his, toilet, drink yeah. from the toilet. It was, it was deplorable. Like how someone could do this or even a group of people could do this to one individual and, at all. And, and so a couple things here, number one, apparently the perpetrators were texting his parents. Um, yeah. While it was going on. Yeah. So like, I don't know if they were holding him for ransom. Like, that area is a little bit gray. Like, so is he a family? You no, know, does he come from a family of means? And was this like, were, were a they plot? Yeah. So I'm going to say, fortunately, they went live on Facebook while they were attacking him. Dummies. Like, I don't understand what, I mean, it's fortunately, absolutely fortunately, because there would be no other way for me, uh, for us to, uh, effectively identify and make sure that, you know, corroborate his story, especially given that I think they're saying like post being tortured, he is not very communicative right now. He's not communicating effectively and he's suffering from a lot of trauma. So it would have been difficult for him to have identified or really tried to help himself out by identifying the, the, his assailants. And so, yeah, fortunately, but, God, you're dumb. <laughs> We're doing something wrong. Let's put it on the internet. But you know, like, so while this was happening, someone told him, like, you all like, what's wrong with you? You're going to jail. Yeah, she went. It was one of the it was one of the women. I think the, the, the two women were sisters. Yeah. And one of them put it on Facebook Live, which then led to their arrest later. So it's being treated. I'm not clear on whether or not it's being treated as a hate crime. Yeah, they were charged with a hate crime. 
Okay, so they were charged with a hate crime because they were using anti-white slurs. But and... see, I don't, I don't think that makes it a hate crime. So there was an extensive conversation on my Facebook last week about this. And so there's a young man who I played basketball with in high school, etc. And he was like, he's a minister now. But he was more hung up on, well, the left isn't reporting on this. And this is an outrage. If the roles were reversed, there'll be they, people will be riding in the streets. And so my whole thing was like, why, why does that even matter to you? Like, this is disgusting. This is a vile crime. Like, and, but he's hung up on this being a hate crime. Number one, there was extensive discussion about this was an act of race of reverse racism. Right. Um, and so I told him, you know, there's a difference between a racist act and racism, but he didn't want to hear that. But this, I don't think this is a hate crime because of race. Like race is definitely a variable because of some of the things they said. I think this becomes a hate crime because it's kidnapping and some of the things they said up there, which appear to have a political motive right well the, here's the thing that is really interesting to me i i think that it's without a doubt the things that they said while they were abusing and brutalizing this man definitely make it a hate crime um now whether or not it was their intention to abuse him prior to like if this was premeditated and they decided to abuse him then because he was white the political motive i just one they you know they're they're talking about f donald trump made him say f donald trump and the thing the thing about it is i don't even know if these people are political did they vote <laughs> questions that need answered yeah. But to me, I'm I'm definitely I definitely agree that this is something that should be charged as a hate crime and if not on the basis of race, on the basis of him being differently abled. Yeah. Because they definitely took advantage of of that of him of his status as someone who was I don't know if he's intellectually differently abled, I think I might have misspoke earlier or physically you know differently abled, but like they definitely took advantage of that. And I think if it's not based on race, they should be charged on hate crime in terms of disability. So either way, that that those are charges that need to be brought. Yeah, but so this is something that I w I think is definitely uh, important to, to say here. I've been monitoring social media quite a bit. While this is definitely a despicable crime, it's awful. These adults, these perpetrators, do not deserve. Adults. They do not deserve to spend the rest of their life in prison. What I think that there, there are levels to what... I mean, I was on Twitter and people were tweeting nooses. Yeah. Like, they, they think they should die. Yeah. And, and you know, I, for I don't agree with capital punishment at all anyway, but th this is... So, you know, I was doing some research a few years ago on, like, juvenile capital punishment in Virginia or life in prison. Um, right. And the disparities are just as great there as they are with adults, but it's really, really troubling that you can get juvie life. Um, but with these, they are adults. I still don't think this crime warrants life in prison. Um, but I that, think that's something that a lot of people are asking for, but something that's really, really interesting if this does become a hate crime, um, Sessions could actually be the person prosecuting them because that could be a well, essentially not explicitly, but I could do it, a whole set. I could do a whole segment on why Jeff Sessions should not be in charge of <laughs> anything anywhere. But like a whole whole segment, but on it. especially the Department of Justice. Especially, oh, they're going to gut the civil rights department. It's going to be awful. It's, oh my gosh. every Everything that we were able to achieve in terms of expanding its rights or really utilizing the rights that it already had as a civil rights office, going down the drain. Yeah, but, but so, 
let's go back to what how we got here you know kind of in closing oh kellyanne yeah your, your girl kellyanne conway my girl your girl so she calls out meryl streep but where was where were y'all back in october 2015 this is the question that i have because you can't do this like this is okay just so y'all understand why we're so hyped right now. Back in October of 2015, there were three Texan um, Texas football players from Texas, white football players from Texas. Dietrich High School. Who, right. Who brutally attacked and sexually assaulted a black mentally disabled teammate. And in the way that we are absolutely disgusted by what those four black teenagers did to that white disabled uh, man and in Chicago. I'm equally as disgusted by what happened in Texas. And Kellyanne Conway with her false equivalency with Meryl Streep to this issue that happened in Chicago. Let me give you a real equivalency, Kellyanne Conway. Where were you when John Howard of Keller, Texas, pled guilty to sexually assaulting, or excuse me, uh, uh, excuse me, he pled guilty to a felony count of injury to a child or something. But he had two other football players hold down this this uh, this other boy, and they rammed a coat hanger into his rectum and kicked it three times. Meanwhile, Howard, while he pled he got he pled get guilty, his attorney general said that it wasn't a sex crime. And I believe he was just given probation. Yeah, two to three years of probation um, and 300 hours of community service. And he treated him, but, but, the attorney general prosecuted him as a child yeah it, it was egregious and i quote it was egregious and caused the victim a lot of suffering but he said that it was not a sex crime and that's why they amended the charge to a lesser felony but this is the thing kelly and conway where you at and, and they said you want to throw out blows let's 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 be clear and, where and, were you and they said we don't believe it's appropriate for mr howard to suffer the consequences of a sex offender so but he does need to be held accountable so you know in some states in america kidnapping is considered a sex offense so i'm not sure really if that, i had no idea yeah, i'm not sure if that's the case in illinois or not but if you hold someone against their will and um, like lock a door, you know, it like it's a really, really gray area. But like you can be um, convicted as a sex offender for kidnapping. And so that's why sometimes that registry can be a little bit misleading. Like, um, so, yeah, you have to go back and kind of read some of the case files. I'm not sure if that's the case in Illinois or Texas. not. No, I'm not sure. Well, I'm yeah with uh with the four people from last week, um, but but yeah. So, so my issue is not to diminish or to ignore what happened. Not at all. That's not the objective in Chicago. Not the only all. thing it's is, awful. my only issue with it all is if you are gonna be a um, what what did the judge tell Bill Cosby since he was going to be a uh <laughs> You remember when the judge exposed Bill Cosby last year? No, I don't remember. She was like since you were going to be a voice for like if you since you were going to be become a moral compass like mm -hmm. oh it, yeah. yeah like essentially you open yourself up for these types of things. And Absolutely. so so since Kellyanne Conway and the president elect are such advocates for individuals that are suffering from some type of disability. I like them to be advocates for all of them and exactly. all the time. And so that That's means all I'm asking. Yeah. For. yeah. I, I just want y'all to be consistent. That's all. 
That's all. That's all. Like literally, that is all I am asking for is consistency. If you're gonna respond to something, you need to make sure that you are responding with equal, you know, equal frustration, equal abhorrence, like whatever it is to everything. Because it seems so interesting to me that no people were so silent around John Howard and what he did to this uh, boy that was differently abled. But then they turn and they look at these, 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 I, I can't remember their, all of their names, but I think it's like Hill. Uh, let's not call their names. Like, like historically we haven't, we haven't called perpetrators names. Like let's not get into that. Well, I've today. already said John Howard. So I figured I'd just make it equal. Cause I already yeah. said the white boy's name. Might as well say the black people's names. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so Hill, Cooper, Covington, and no re- Covington. No relation, by the way. <laughs> no relation. But the Covington sisters, Jordan Hill and Tess Faye, I can't really pronounce his name, Cooper. I, I feel like if we're going to be outraged about that, we need to be outraged about the other thing. This is not taking away from anything that they did. I think they all need to be treated equally. I think they all need to be held accountable for their actions. But the thing about it is don't start shooting shots if you haven't if you can't be a moral compass if you haven't been backing up what you're saying. It just it is what it is. Yeah. I don't know. At the end of the day like it was I'm disgusted by the way that people can treat other people and the words of Meryl Street, you know, violence incites violence disrespect incites disrespect if this is something that we allow to enter our political sphere the people who look up to these people it's going to trickle down and we're going to it's going to be chaos yeah absolutely and, and, and so speaking of that violence inciting violence we also had a shooting in fort lauderdale in the airport oh yeah um, i did hear about that and that shooting. First of all, did you know that you could like you could check a gun like in your luggage? Yeah, I knew that. I've yeah. been flying quite a bit lately. So yeah, and, and so I that out. It was just kind of. I guess I knew it, but I never put together that like you could check a gun, get your luggage, and then go back into the airport, or even at the luggage bag. Or just at the luggage that the yeah. baggage claim. That's all yeah. it takes. Um, so one of the victims was actually from Virginia beach. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. It was a man from Virginia beach. And, and so I think that once again, we're going to have some discussion and, you know, this happens, happen, you know, less than a week. Our general assembly assembly opens on Wednesday, the 10th. They're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to have some conversation about it and it's what will it take for us as the people um to really take a hold of this whole uh narrative around guns um i'm going to tell you right now nothing i'm completely apathetic i that's where i'm at oh, when are they you, can are kill, you are you apathetic or you think that nothing's going to change nothing's going to change because when they killed all them little white kids up in connecticut minding their business and did nothing nothing the rest of us we i'm excuse the pun but we shot like it is what it is somebody's gonna have to convince me that there's something that i can do about it because at this point i've i've really gotten to the point where i'm like yo when you can kill a whole bunch of children and then white children at that and nothing's done, and you had 95% of the population at the time, and I can look up this, the source, 95% of the population polling, saying that they wanted common sense gun legislation, not asking for gun control, not asking for like eradication of all guns, just common sense gun legislation, and we get nothing done? Oh, no. Nah. Um, yeah, and so, you know, that's kind of one of the questions around the shooting in Florida, because he had been accused of domestic violence a few times. Um, police had taken his gun and the same gun that they had taken was the gun that he used last week in a shooting. Um, 
And so, you know, a lot of the things around common sense gun legislation, like these, um, none of those things would have really applied here. But that's a conversation that we can possibly have in a few weeks around gun safety again. So, do we have any suggestions this week? So, I just want the leader of the free world to uh, <laughs> to be consistent. And I'm so tired of him tweeting, man. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, like, can like, you specify which leader of the free world you're talking about? Because my president is still Barack Hussein Obama. Okay, so the person who will take over in 11 days, January 20th. Don't remind me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like have some self soothing or something. Are we going massage. to? Are we going to the inauguration? I'm not. No, no. If y'all can see this face, oh my goodness. No, I'm disgusted that you would ask me that. He's still our president. Absolutely not. He's going to be our president. No. I mean, he'd be your president. Michelle Obama is my president. (laughs) Yeah. So, with that being said... uh, I guess we don't have any solutions this week, then. I don't know. Treat people with decency, guys. I I, I mean, I guess we have to find a way to hold him accountable to ensure that he's consistent. We really do. Um... I, I feel like he has just what I said. He has an issue with treating people with decency and in a very strange relationship with the truth. And I think I keep going back to Meryl Streep because like what she said was just so powerful. Like the press, we've got to depend, be able to depend on our press to hold him accountable. We've got to be able to hold him accountable at the end of the day. When your heart breaks, make art, like make the best of your situation, your situation guys. And these next up, these upcoming days, take care of yourself. That's really what's most important. Take care of yourself and take care of the people around you. Yeah. So I miss the only way we're going to make it through the next four years. I miss y'all. Happy new year. Hopefully it's off to a fabulous start and fabulous thoughts. We look forward to, uh, bringing you lunch each and every Monday. Yep, we're going to be more consistent, guys. Thanks yeah, for tuning yeah, in. Yeah, we're going to be more consistent. That's our solution this week. We, it, it starts with us. It does. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. Talk to y'all next week. Hey, y'all. It's Coop. And unfortunately, over the past few months, People have often referred to the reporter that Donald Trump mocked as the disabled reporter. But after researching further, we learned that his name is Serge Kowalewski. And he's not just someone that Donald Trump mocked. He's actually a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. So we think it's important for you all to know his name, say his name. Hope you enjoyed the episode and we look forward to seeing you next week.